is there um, some kind of mysterious ancient connection between East and West, between the ancient culture, um, civilizations of India and um, Europe, British Isles? Um, there's some linguistic um, evidence, but is we want more, we want more substance. Um, my name's Stevie Sharanga, and I've, um, I was a Hindu monk for 10 years, living at an ashram on top of a hill in Scotland. And so I've pieced together this presentation, and uh, I'm just trying to move. Can I move this screen down to the bottom there? Yeah, I've pieced together this presentation <clears throat> to share. And I want to start by telling about uh, my well I want to I want to tell my story my story of my journey with these uh, stories and how I I, I, I put them together um, how, how I put them together so um, <clears throat> I see myself as a bit of a bridge between east and west um, there's a picture of me there I was raised uh, in England uh, with a standard English education, went to university, but um, yeah, not as much as going to university. The education you get just from being around in a particular place at a particular time, watching the telly, speaking with other people, you know, what you get from your parents, you kind of get cultured that, you know, an understanding of, um, of like what's, you know, a place is about, you kind of, you just, you just, take that for granted you take it with you uh, so but 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 having having had that that foundation uh, that grounding um then uh i went to be a monk um and, and i'm going to tell what, what what you know part of what what that meant and um but uh, first i want to say about this presentation um that like it's something new um why has nobody else suggested this connection before and I'd like to uh, say that I, I, I think um, for me, it's there is a connection. But the reason no one else has come over before, I mean, very, very few people are familiar um, in Britain with uh, these ancient Indian epics. Uh, and, and they should be more familiar, actually. But that's the thing. Maybe they already are. but They just don't know it. But like the Ramayan, who's heard of the Ramayan? I've got a copy here. This is uh, the famous uh, edition by Krishna Dharma. The, I think this is the most popular edition. Uh, and, it, and it does read something like a fantasy novel, something, you know, Lord of the Rings-esque, but which is taken on literal value by Hindus. And he's, Krishna Dharma has another, uh, there's two There's two epics uh, uh, in Indian literature. That's the Ramayan, and the other is called the Mahabharat. And um, yeah, to describe them as epics, uh, is is the best way to describe them something equivalent to the Ho uh, Homer's Iliad and the Odyssey uh, from Greek. They're considered two Greek epics, and and actually these are longer, longer, so they're more epic. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, um, and the reason I think is because of um, there's no no one else has pieced them together before. It's just because of uh, it's a, a a common critique of academia which is specialization. Everyone's really zoomed in on their specific area in which they know a lot. And it takes somebody to sit back and see a broader picture of things. Um, for example, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about history. So 
you know, someone is a specialist in 14th century English history, something like that, and they don't know any, they've got a ground in, you know, in other subjects, but they don't know, don't know a lot about other subjects. Any, any area of academia, science, whatever it is, people are very, very specialized. Uh, and I'm saying that's why no one else has put this, um, put these, put these two things together before. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, as a monk, then uh, I've been um, become uh, conversant with. Uh, let's put, let's do this slide first. Purpose of the presentation: build a bridge between East and West. See India as a mother culture, as opposed to something foreign and alien. Break the barriers of pride and prejudice against Eastern gods. I was one time I was um yeah well let me let me just say that um I was raised a Christian my, my parents weren't into it but I I took a I took a really active interest in 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 the stories of Jesus uh, off my own of my own volition um falling out of um you know uh, any kind of religious belief in my teenage years the uh, you know getting into drinking and everything uh, I kind of renounced God and I kind of got back into got back into um, spirituality or religion through uh, paganism. I joined a Druid group and read some books about paganism. I was practicing uh, what it was suggesting in the books. And anyway, after that, then I became a, I became a monk. Um, better, uh, you know, um, yeah, don't, didn't want to be a jack of all trades. Interested in all different religion. Opportunity became uh, came my way to 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 join a monastery and spend a you know deep serious um, time uh, learning. Uh, and 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 actually after that, uh, I was helping to organize a uh, a festival. And I went uh, a festival, putting up posters, uh, going from shop to shop, asking if I could put up a poster of this this uh, festival. And it was a Hare Krishna festival. And um, I went into a pagan shop and I thought, well, I, I used to be a pagan or I still am a pagan. Um, and uh, surely, surely these guys will uh, let me put up a poster in their shop because, um, because from, from my point of view, you know, there was, there's a, the, 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 the pagan, what we call the pagan religion is, um, you know, personifying, uh, to, I, I want to break it down to two components, personifying nature. So there's a, a deity of a, or a personified deity of uh, a river or a mountain or a forest and I know so there's this aspect and also um, an aspect in which um, belief in in in, in uh, gods or demigods sort of a rain god a sun, god of the sun etc god of the um, wind um, and, and so for me for me um, paganism and Hinduism are part of a a, a, a worldwide um, system of belief which predates most of the major world religions that we now recognize so we're going see we're looking at all the ancient tribes and there's actually there's actually a fantastic chapter about this in um michael a cremo's book uh called human devolution and the chapter is called um i think it's called the universal hierarchy or universal cosmology uh, now i've got it written down on my paper here Cosmic hierarchy, a cross-cultural study, and so he he analyzes lots of old tribes, surviving old older tribes, ancient tribes living in around the world, and all all seven all, all six continents, and um, 
finds finds out about their their cosmology, and he finds that they're all practically the same, with a, a kind of a similar template. So um, so with this in mind, um, you know, I entered the 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 the, the pagan shop on uh, the Royal Mile in Edinburgh, expecting to be welcomed to be nicely received as a as a representative of eastern paganism as a fully fledged hindu uh, but um i met with prejudice i met with prejudice no no we don't do you know eastern things we're you know we're we're pagans you know we're we're, we're the western branch you know so anyway yeah this this is one of the points on here isn't it um help realize that the gods are universal yeah if there's a god of the sun it's the same sun that shines in australia it's the same sun that shines in south america it's the same sun for everybody and it's the same sun god um okay the next one to give access to introduce these wonderful stories of lord ron to new audiences and the knowledge i'm gonna just move this thing and the knowledge, you know, the knowledge that this is their Lord Ram, not a Hindu god. Okay. Um, let's, let's next slide. Uh, slide across. Um, <clears throat> so uh, yeah, I see myself as a bit of a bridge between East and West, raised um, as I was, uh, but then. Um, yeah, coming coming to, to to join the monastery, I became familiar with with these um, these ancient teachings. Here they are. This is the original version of a lot of these ancient books. They were written some of the earliest writings in Sanskrit, um, and according to the tradition itself, um, of course, academics dispute this. But the Bhagavad Gita says uh, Krishna, Lord Krishna, who's the supreme god, he taught these teachings to the sun god really long time ago, millennia ago. And then eventually they were written down about 5,000 years ago for the practical purpose of preserving them when people no longer have good memories. And what's, um, you know, uh, parallel with that is also the Druids. They didn't write things down. They relied on the power of memory, which also challenges the idea of kind of progress and which, uh, you know, people aren't getting more intelligent, they're getting less intelligent. But we don't want to get into that because that's a whole other uh, rabbit hole to go down. So I, I became familiar with these uh, ancient writings. These are the originals. This um, monk uh, who came from uh, Calcutta, um, A.C. Bhaktan Swami, he, he translated for a lot of them first-time translations. These these books, this, was a, this is in the 1960s, 1970s, this is, these are the first available translations of these books so previously un unknown to the western world something of a breakthrough really and a lot of other books that he translated as well this is um this is a, a kind of chart of uh this body of literature known as the vedas um everyone can acknowledge that the very old academics give them a date of 1000 bc 1800 bc 2000 bc um but from within the tradition itself they're saying written down 3000 bc approximately and I, i've become familiar with but what i'm saying is as a monk i've become familiar not with all of the literatures uh we've got the upanishads here um we've got the puranas uh, the main book uh that i studied is the bhagavat purana purana means history 
history of India, but actually the history of kind of of the universe, really history of the world, history of the universe, um, incorporating uh, ancient aliens. Uh, this is more more akin with the origin of life, uh, according to the Bhagavad Purana, as opposed to um, Darwin's theory of evolution. We're talking ancient aliens. So we've got the Bhagavad Purana, and then and then here I've got the these classics, uh, the two classics, the Ramayana and the Mahabharat Itihasas. Familiar with these? Familiar with of the Upanishads, the Sriyash Upanishad? I've studied the Upanishad. So what I'm saying is I've got a familiarity with um, this literature as well as my upbringing in the West, and there's me there as a as a, some kind of bridge, some kind of crossover between between the two. There's me uh, as a monk in my robes, um, giving out a book to a nice chap I met one day uh, there in uh, Buchanan Street. So um, yeah, I want to talk about what it meant to, to 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 travel to the monastery and be a monk, and it is a bit. It was a big thing. It was a really big thing um, <clears throat> to leave my hometown, leave my leave my friends, leave my family, and um, basically, yeah, uh, leave practically everything behind. And there was an expectation as well on behalf of the monastery that whatever beliefs I, I would be holding whatever cultural conditioning i would be holding and yeah whatever metaphysical preconceptions i mean um yeah just to just to mention one <laughs> just to mention one is that uh it's typical of a western upbringing uh and particularly someone who's been to university who schooled for longer in in that paradigm is is um, a uh, you know an acceptance of a world a universe closed under physics the laws of physics are accepted accepted as the ultimate the ultimate you know we can't we can't break the laws of physics okay um as a theist uh, I mean, as an atheist, you can accept that. As as a theist, and I and I would argue that anyone who is a theist, whether it be a Christian or or any 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 theist. You accept the existence of an all-powerful, omniscient, omnipotent God, um, which therefore, uh, if you accept that, you're 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 almost obliged to say, well, the world, you know, the world is not closed under physics, you know, which which leaves you open for the ex uh, you know the possibility of miracles performed, things that break the laws of physics. So you can see that going to the monastery it was it wasn't just changing where i lived changing my group of friends and uh saying goodbye to my family not knowing if i would ever see them again it was a, it was a real um it was as though yeah i had to go there as a blank slate i was part of the acceptance like uh, like like um i was older i was slightly older than than they would have desired they, they, they were trying to recruit people they wanted to recruit people who were younger perfect 17 18 19 20 I was 26, like um, like uh, Yoda says, um, too old, too old to begin the training, too old to begin the training. Too much uh, conditioning had already gone on. Um, so they were trying to get younger people, but uh, but uh, yeah, I had to. I had to, it was I was understood that I had to go as an empty cup, an empty vessel, uh, an empty my mind of thoughts, 
of whatever whatever beliefs I had. So um, so then you know in, in that circumstance, going there, everything is to the monastery. Everything is exotic. Everything is unfamiliar. Everything is strange. It's a strange culture. You know, you don't sit at the table and eat with a knife and fork. You sit on the floor. You got to eat with your hand. If you use your left hand, everyone says that's you know, that's not right because you clean your backside with your left hand. This is what they do in India. Your left hand is for you cleaning your backside. Your right hand is for eating, and you don't mix the two, right? Because that's that's pretty disgusting. Um, I mean, yeah, knives and forks, not a big deal. Uh, when you go to McDonald's, you know, um, I'm a vegetarian, by the way. If I do go to McDonald's, I get a, I get a, a McVeggie burger. Uh, yeah, you eat with your hands, eat with your hands, so not a big deal. But um, you know, change of dress, change, yeah. I mean, my friend, uh, you can see me there wearing a, an orange robe. When I first arrived, I had to wear a white robe. My one of my friends, he he, he says, you know, your your clothes is part of your identity. Um, and uh, yeah, I I agree with that. It's like um, you know, you 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 can imagine an animal, you know, a, a tiger, shave it, shape, shave it off, a naked tiger without its stripes. It's 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 different. It's not it's not the same. It's not it loses its identity. Uh, a mallard duck with the green head. Imagine it plucked of feathers, naked. So humans are naked animals. The only, I think that we're, oh, yeah, we're the only. We must be the only naked animal. We're naked animals, and and so our clothes is part of our identity. So you take off your old clothes. You join the monastery. You take off all your old clothes. They give you new clothes. It's a new identity. Um, it's a big. It was a big change. A big big change. Um, and in that alien environment, this strange, strange, um, you know, very very ultra hierarchical. Uh, structure in 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 the monastery. I'd experienced a little bit of that going sailing with some guys from the Royal Navy, but more strict. Uh, and a soldier, he he, you know, he can go home at the weekend. You know, he, he he stops being a soldier. He goes back to his hometown, to his family. Uh, a monk is a monk is never not a monk. Even if you go uh, to home to visit your parents, you're still you're still following the the rules, the vows. Um, uh, so yeah, a monk is always a monk, and um, and so in this in this um, this uh, big big change, there was nothing there was nothing familiar. There's nothing nothing um, I carried over from the previous life to to this new new um, existence. But as 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 I yeah I was I was sharing a bedroom with uh, two other guys in in bunk beds and then the next next ne down the corridor is another room there's two monks in there and I made friends with um, there's a man uh, a monk I was in the room with uh, Kapil and then down the corridor was Aloe from Mexico I made friends with Aloe from Mexico and uh, the 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 building was actually we were staying in the monastery building was a big building it's like a kind of um, it was, it was a it was actually a modern house that they bought and they were using it as a as a um, as a as a an ashram. But there was a lot of closed doors, a lot of closed doors, a lot of grey areas. Um, we were allowed access, you know, in the corridor and two or three rooms in this in this large house. Um, and uh, a lot of the doors were closed. You know what goes on behind there? No, oh, what's what's this? Is um, things popped up? <laughs> Didn't know what goes on. Uh, behind closed doors, um, didn't ask, just mind my own business. But we, me and Allah, we started sneak, sneaking around, you know, in the evening, you know, and we found one room at the end there when it opened the door. 
and there's a kind of um, a guest room there that we'd not been in before. We were, uh, sneaking around, snooping around, see what we could find. And uh, we, f- I, I found, we found this. Um, I found uh, a, a, a filing cabinet, and in the filing cabinet, a lot of tapes, a lot of tapes. Now, another thing is, I'd, I'd been told, I'd been told very, very strictly, you know, uh, you can in the library. I was told in the library, though, you can study. These are the books you can study. You're not allowed to study these books. These are the advanced books. You're not allowed to study those, you know. Like, uh, so, um, you know, we were, we, were, we were strict, you know. There were certain things we could do, certain things we couldn't do, places we could go, certain places we couldn't go. And uh, so anyway, we sneaked into this room and we found the filing cabinet and then the filing cabinet, the tapes, and it was a tape, and on the tape said, Ramayan. Oh, what is this? Something, you know, we're not allowed, something, you know. Um, and it, and, it, and uh, yeah, there were 15 90 minute tapes. So it was a long, a long story. It's an epic. As I said, it, it's, a, it's a long, this was a very long, um, this was the narration of the book. And I had a tape player. So I, I started, um, I started listening to these tapes when I was working in the gardens. Uh, I had a little tape player. So I, and I listened, I listened to all of them. And uh, I fell in love. I fell in love with Lord Ram. I, I even cried at the end of the story. It, it was so touching, so amazing. And um, but yeah, I saw I saw why you know as, as soon as I started listening to it, I I I I knew oh this is you know in this world of unfamiliarity and strangers here here is my Robin Hood here here he is you know he he's come with me Robin has come with me you know he's in my heart and he's come you know and if everything else was strange but I still had my uh, and I yeah I had my Robin Hood and I saw I saw um. And I saw I saw Robin Hood straight away in in the story of the Ramayan. That this is for me, this is the same um, the same person, the same story. And um, yeah, yeah, and, and and it's kind of like the story of the uh, you know we were told we're not allowed to read these books. It was it's like the story of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Um, <clears throat> You know the source. The we, I mean, yeah, my job. My job at the time as well. It was sweeping the corridor, and wiping it with a cloth by hand with a bucket. Um, we didn't have any, uh, you know, vacuum, vacuum cleaners at the time. Um, they tried to do everything in a simple, basic way, and and I like it actually. Whilst whilst I was wiping the corridor, I could think about the 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 morning, um, Bhagavad Srima Bhagavatam class I'd heard. And um, and then you know think of questions and um, um, yeah. So the Sorcerer's Apprentice is it? Everyone knows it from Mickey Mouse. He's sweeping. He's told. He's told. You know, uh, you don't don't read this book. Uh, you just you're just you're just sweeping. You know, learn these basic things first. Kind of like um, like the Karate Kid, isn't it? Uh, wax on, wax off. You know. Wax on, wax off. But why am I? Why am I waxing your car? You know, I'm, I I want to learn to be a warrior. I want to be a fighter. You know, paint the fence, paint the fence. Um. So yeah, we we I got this uh, remind and um, uh, narration of the remind, and uh, it gave me gave me great solace to to hang on to that. And my my Robin had come with me. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, and I yeah I remember um, yeah going to uh, yeah going to the cinema uh, to watch Prince Robin Hood Prince of Thieves and like reading the reading um, 
uh, I mean, when I was a kid, yeah, my my I had three 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 storybooks of Robin Hood. Um, uh, I've got I've got this is the biggest one actually. Uh, uh, Roger Lancelin Green, um, who yeah he's he he was part of uh, Tolkien's uh, team. Uh, they would meet together in a pub in Oxford, and. Uh, uh, there's a film I watched a film about Tolkien. I was I, I'm a big fan of Tolkien. Um, I even had when I was a pagan, I even had him as a as a, a picture of him as a guru figure on my altar. He's he, you know he's he's so studied studied in uh, in this um, history, <clears throat> which he, he he kind of brings alive in in, in his in his books. But uh, um, yeah, it's be, some of, some of, some of those based in. In the in the uh, actual histories of the British, uh, the British Isles, the British people who lived there, but yeah, I, I, so I was I was raised I was raised uh, in in Robin Hood um, throughout those formative years of you know when a young a young boy is eight nine ten eleven twelve he's looking for role models, um, and and fortunately yeah fortunately for me my dad I had three gave me three three Robin Hood storybooks, uh, which I. Um, devoured and immersed myself and played play we went to a, we had a caravan in the lake district um a tour just parked up in a in a, in a camp, uh, campsite with a it's a forest so i would play i would play there with my stick pretending to be little john whacking my stick and um immersing myself and that's and that's yeah i i um i i, car I carry robin hood in my heart like this uh from those that those formative years and that model of virtue and uh to, to and role model to aspire to and yeah I, and I and I consider myself very fortunate um that that I um that, that my dad my dad did that you know and gave me those stories um much better so than um you know uh, when I you know when I was the same age um than other other kids they would they would have um other role models like your Beckhams and your and your Roonies, you know, like uh, who I don't consider good role models. Um, Beckham, um, then he he's famous for like lashing out with his leg, getting that red card against Argentina, going down to ten men. What hope? What hope have they got? You know, uh, England. And then and then you've got your Rooney. Um, well, I mean, yeah, he's like an overgrown child. Um, Especially when he first started playing, he might he may he may be more mature now. But um, yeah, role models uh, at those formative ages are important. And um, when I was when I was yeah when I was growing up, then we had um, Robin of Sherwood with the famous Clannad soundtrack, and <clears throat> Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Kevin Costner came out when I was eleven. Went to the cinema. <clears throat> So I feel myself fully, fully versed in um, in um, both the story of Robin Hood and then as a monk becoming familiar with the Ramayan and putting the two together. And uh, yeah, a, a, a similar motif we get in in the Robin Hood stories is this story which is echoed in in um, in Tolkien as well, the Fellowship of the Ring, how a group of friends. And it's the bond and the camaraderie between the friends, the love between the friends, which that is that is which overcomes like the evil empire. Like in, you see it in Star Wars as well, it's a, a small group of 
friends, people who are pally and, and uh, you know, they, uh, they can have a sense of humour between each other and that overcomes this evil empire of, um, you know, of, you know, no sense of humour allowed, you know. <laughs> you can imagine like Darth Vader with those guys who wore the grey uniforms, like generals, it's like, you know, no, no, don't, nobody crack a joke because, uh, you know, you'll get <coughs> by Darth Vader. So, um, yeah, Tolkien really brings that out in the, um, you know, in, in The Hobbit with the, 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 and I've had similar experiences, uh, you know, um, of people coming around and we, we chant Hare Krishna and they come around with their instruments and we have a bit of a get together and we cook some food and it's, um, yeah, it's like home. That's home, a sense of home, which Tolkien really brings out. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so, so that, this is my question, you know. Um, I'm saying somehow the, these, these things have got to be connected. Let's, let's check out some more slides. These things have got to be connected. Could there be a connection, a culture, cultural connection between East and West in ancient times? Could there be a connection? Both the Robin Hood story of popular Anglo-Saxon culture. I, I question that actually. Anglo-Saxon culture is it's, it's considered an English story, and it's it's isn't it? It's a folk story is as English as Robin Hood. Let's see what it says there. Has its origins in an older tradition from another part of the world. I, I'm um, and the union of the Green Man and the May Queen celebrated at the Celtic pagan festival Beltane have their early origins in the classic epic poem Ramayan. Could it, could it be true? Could it be true? Could, it, could there be a connection? And yeah, I want to, I want to challenge this Anglo-Saxon view of Robin Hood. Um, I, I recently read a book, uh, Alistair Moffat. Uh, he used to be um, uh, maybe the chancellor or the dean of St. Andrew's University. I don't know what his academic qualifications are. That seemed to be more of a kind of a, a kind of um what do they call it like an honorary role um but he he is um he's a cool guy alistair moffitt i read it i read his book it was it was about king arthur i was researching to see if there was a connection actually with king arthur and um perhaps krishna and um arjuna but there was no connection there is no there is no connection between those and alistair moffitt to cut a long story short yeah uh, Alistair Moffat in the book explains that actually the the people of England or you know the Celtic nations are considered to be Ireland, Wales, Scotland, Cornwall, Brittany. These are the the Celtic nations, uh, the older older Celtic people, um, and that England is is more of an Anglo-Saxon country. Anyway, in the book, he explains that according some study, according to the DNA of the English people, actually most people living in England are the the Celtic people, um, as we would know them in Roman times. Romans invade. The whole country is Celtic. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, the thing about the Anglo-Saxons is apparently they, they, they first came over as a group of um, mercenaries, a small private army employed by a Celtic king. Uh, after some time, they realized actually, you know, we're the power around here. They, they could get rid of the, that king and, and they would be the ruling um, military elite of the country. But, you know, not they're not the majority of people in the country. So 
this story, I'm saying this story of Robin Hood goes back to the kind of Celtic roots of, of England, the English people. Okay, the yeah, Angles, Saxons, a lot of people coming in, Danish, a lot of people coming into the country, um, coming into that part of part of that that you know the British Isles, uh, you know, throughout throughout uh, hundreds of years, you know, throughout hundreds of years history, but predominantly, this, those people are the, the people living in England are actually DNA wise Celtic, um, but you know whether that means that the it's a traditional story of Celt, like the the Robin Hood story is a traditional Celtic story. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. But actually, it only takes yeah. At the end of the Ramayana, it explains that after Lord Ram, I think dies, then his two sons they it says that they then travel the whole world, telling the story of Lord Ram, which is kind of similar to you know you hear about um, yeah any kind of religious missionary. Going, going up, out and about, um, like uh, you hear about the Jesuits going. I've seen a film with the Jesuits. Uh, that chap's in it. I can't remember his name. Jeremy Irons. He's a Jesuit, and he goes to um, South America. So he's on a mission. He wants to tell people the story of Jesus. So similarly, at the end of the Ramayana, Lord Ram's two sons, Lav and Kush, they go, um, they go out, and. Uh, they go out and they and that's it. It only takes one person, one person to come from India, from Ayodhya. He walks across. He's received at the court of the king in uh, in, in in the UK, uh, whoever it might be at that time. And he's tell he tells he tells a story. He tells him the story. And from and from that one person, the story then you know becomes part of part of the nation, part of the culture. And lives on to this day so it's uh, yeah uh, some people will say um you know uh, what i'm saying is is preposterous um you know particularly people in ac academically schooled are going to come up with the, that kind of response to this theory this proposal um but i came across this um in a book um written by a lady um she works at the bbc I can't remember her name. All I remember about her is that she keeps pet tarantulas. That's what I remember from the book. But she put this in the book. She had another book that was the idea where the Celtic people came from um, the Alps and they kind of spread out from the Alps. And then they said, a new hypothesis su suggests that, um, the, 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 you know, oh, let me move, let me move my screen, little screen here. Look, you see, so, the, okay, coming across, you're coming across Turkey there from um afghanistan but yeah so there's this indo-european i mean it, it's quite it's quite well um i think in it's particularly in linguistics it's quite well accepted that sanskrit is the origin of uh, well they call it proto-indo-european but sanskrit is the root of the indo-european languages and we're talking yeah from coming from the source in india coming across and, and then you know populating europe with language and presumably with people as well somehow like that um <clears throat> so yeah it, it doesn't take much for someone to you know walk across and tell the story like 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 the you know like the jesuits preaching but yeah so there's more examples of this more examples of this um 
of uh, the story of Ram leaving leaving uh, India or, or Pakistan. It with a, they say the Harappan uh, civilization was actually mainly in Pakistan, but Ayodhya is the capital city of of of, of Lord Ram and his pastimes and well where he came from, and that's that's somewhere in the north of India, so not exactly uh, connected. Um, according to modern academia's idea of it connected with the Harappan, but it, our, our, my presentation is, it, is that this Harappan civilization was larger than uh, is currently accepted. But it's all, you know, it's all kind of lost in the midst of time. And the, um, the Ramayana itself is dated at uh, 3 million years old. So it's, a, it's quite a different understanding of human origins, but we don't want to get into that either. That's another presentation. <laughs> Here we go. So look, we've got Mesopotamia here. Got this slide of Mesopotamia. Here's this is famous, the, fam the famous monument in, in, in from ancient Mesopotamia, Sumerians. Uh, this 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 building here is made out of bricks, made out of bricks, baked clay bricks from a long time ago. And you've got all these uh, towns here. Um, this chap, so Leonard Woolley, he he was a British archaeologist doing some some of the earliest excavations. And here we go. So this is these are this is a part of the pastime of Lord Ram. These these are monkey warriors. This was this apparently this this stone carved tablet thingy bob was uncovered in Mesopotamia. And it seems actually that a lot of the kings of Mesopotamia had gave themselves the name Ram, which is af after Lord Ram from the Ramayana. So um, this 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 little script here was written by someone who's arguing from this point of view, um, a Hindu person who's you know trying to proclaim the supremacy of Indian culture and civilization. Woolley forgot to highlight its discovery. Uh, the significance of world history. The finding reminds us that the ancient Hindu religion was in practice, even during the Mesopotamian civilization, pre precursor to, I mean, from my point of view, um, Mesopotamia is a, uh, a colony of the Harappans and probably ancient Egypt the same. This extremely crucial finding not only bridges the wide gap between Indian tradition and archaeology, but also unfurls the spiritual and historic connections that once united the great Indian nation with Iraq and Sumer. Ram Sin of Lhasa, this is one of the kings to whose memory this chapel was dedicated, uh, is Lord Ram, Lord Ram of Valmiki. Valmiki is the author of the original Ramayan story. The name or the, or the person who wrote it down. Uh, the name Araram of Lhasa is said to be an echo of Lord Ram, the Ram Chapel. Uh, so, so there was a few, so there's a few, it seems there's a few little churches there dedicated to uh, Ram. And um, there's a connection there, isn't there, with this? Oh, it's not very good. So you can see the monkey there. This is, this is, this is a, um, a Hindu depiction of Lord Ram, Prince Ram with Hanuman with his tail, you can see the tails. And then here we can see another, another uh, rock carving with, you can see someone holding a bow and arrow with a quiver. And then knelt before him is somebody knelt down there. And I can, I can see his, his lips are like that. 
ooh, like a monkey, ooh. I don't know if anyone else can see that. I've only just noticed that because this is, I'm using my friend's computer and he's got a really big screen. I can see these pictures better than I've ever seen them, ever been able to see them before. Um, you you also need a big screen to to be able to see that. But yeah, he looks definitely looks like he's going like that. Ooh, like a monkey. <laughs> that was a bigger bigger version there. And then look, you can see you can see it's a similar kind of uh, loader arm stood with monkey 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 man before him. That's Hanuman, the great Hanuman. And here he is. Here he is. This and this is the the, the stood with the um, the bow and arrow. And then the, the, you can see the monkey monkey um, Hanuman, the great Hanuman, um, seeing here. Yeah, Ram. And this is the uh, this is the um, <clears throat> this is the altar at the pretty much the most influential and largest Hindu temple in the uk and i and i for me it's it's um how to say you know um it is the arrangement of 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 um god the arrangement of god that the chief the, like the main deities in the biggest hindu temple in the uk are of lord ram his brother lakshman will scarlet his wife sita Maid Marian and Hanuman, uh, Little John, and you know the quintessential English um, legend is is uh, it's it's you know um, here it is on the on the altar in um, in the biggest Hindu temple. So next slide. I don't know if I can change the slide now. This way, okay. So other other depictions of um, this is this is um, okay. This is another uh, some an archaeological find found in Mesopotamia, and it, we're comparing this to this. This is the Hindu god Durga with the lion, with the weapons. We're, we're, we're drawing a parallel there, and we're saying also an example of um, Hinduism traveling traveling west from India to. Other regions and also look at this one okay these, these this is another presentation i've got lined up on 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 one side of here we've got hercules with the lion headdress and then we've got lord narashinga uh the lion half man half lion incarnation avatar of vishnu of avatar of krishna and okay i this this they, they look very similar but that this isn't the parallel i want to draw this is the parallel i want to draw here this is the lion man um found it's it's, it's a it could be a, a mammoth tusk or or an elephant tusk probably found in germany in a cave in germany and the story of this 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 um getting pieced together is an amazing story in itself and it's, it's worth looking up but this is the lion man found in germany and i'm drawing a parallel with lund schinger and you, the, the, yeah, historians they say, oh, you know, it's just a random kind of half man, half lion. But you know, this is a, this is this is the point. You know, if if you're um, if you're a policeman and you're looking for your chief suspect, you know, and you know the the description is he's got brown hair, he's got uh, Adidas uh, tracksuit bottoms, and he's got a red jumper. Then you know, if he fits the description, it's the same person. And uh, okay. I've heard the lady who's the creator of the British Museum 
the Lion Man was on display in the British Museum. And she's, you know, alluding to all different kinds of ideas of what it could be and who it, you know, who it is and who made it and why they made it. And she's trying to piece together, uh, but she's got no idea, no idea, really. Um, no idea who it is at all. And, you know, it's so random. You know, you could have a half frog, half man. You could have a half deer. Well, you do have half uh, horse, half man, don't you? These um, Greek um senators that's but that's that's different again um but yeah it could be any random combination of two animals but you've got a half man a half lion it's exactly the same as the narashinga avatar it was found and it's dated it has been 40,000 40,000 bc that's how old it is the lion man so uh pretty much at the what 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 that means for me is that at the end of the last ice age ice is ice sheets are spreading north People from from who are familiar with Indian culture, who are follow, followers of that religion, are, are traveling west and and they're um, hunting in a cave, staying in a cave and in Germany. And they're 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 you know you could say well they're Hindus. Well, pretty much that's what they are. Pretty much, um, pretty much. Um. So yeah, uh, is there a connection? And. Um, yeah, I presented this idea of the connection between Robin Hood and um, Lord Ram to a couple of other older monks, um, and they they just threw it out. They said, "No, no, 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 no there's no, there's no, uh, <laughs> that's just you know you've concocted that." But uh, but I, I I hung on to it because that because having been raised you know with Robin Hood and then you know thrust into this monastery and like finding my 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 Robin Hood again in Lord Ram and I was it was in my heart I was like I know this is I know this is 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 uh is true it's for me it, there is it's it, it is the case you know I have that conviction so having been rejected by two monks two older monks I, I you're not supposed to go shopping around for people who agree with your theory but anyway I did and I, I approached another monk and he's a very nice a nice chap he works as a priest uh, uh, actually, at the the the, the temple of the, where we showed the altar, of Sita Ram Lakshman Hanuman, he works there as a as a priest. He does a lot of weddings. His name is Krupamoya. and he told me he, he said, "Okay, yeah." He 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 was more reasonable. He's like, "Okay, um, it's it's a it's a possibility. It's an idea," but he said, "But actually, I I want you to find I want you to find three stories." Um, which, like, like I wrote in the introduction there, which three stories which connect, like European culture with ancient Indian culture, and and that you know, grant people the possibility to see that um, India is a mother culture, not a foreign and alien culture. So it's a it's a mother culture, and we have our roots there. Of course, a lot of people don't don't like that idea, especially especially if people are racist. But that what what to do? What to do if people are if people are racist? um so yeah to see to see this as um as a as a as a mother culture and he um he he asked me to uh find three stories so and, and this is the first the first presentation my other my other one is actually going to be about about hercules the story of hercules and the other story i'm going to present is is actually about um and uh, probably a lot of people won't like this one either 
it's about Jesus, the Jesus birth story, and its correlation with the Krishna birth story. Um, so yeah, but Kripamoya, he he uh, he questioned, he challenged it, and he said, "Well, I'm not so sure about the plot um, because, and it's definitely true that there's um, uh, there's a lot of stories associated, and, and and for example, yeah, this book, it, you know, the the plot and the the, the stories in this book, I would say have absolutely, well, pretty much no correlation, actually, no correlation to the Ramayana." um and even yeah even though i love this book very much um and 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 uh yeah perhaps you know uh perhaps there was a um one or more 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 than one person to whom the um robin hood stories uh you know tales that the, the, there's so many different tales and they you know it could be one person it could be many different people um but there is, but there is a central, a central plot, and it's the plot of uh, Kevin Costner, uh, Prince of Thieves, and it's actually the plot of same plot of um, the same plot of the first two episodes of R Robin of Sherwood, where Maid Marian is captured, not by the sheriff sheriff of Nottingham, but she's captured by a, an evil sorcerer who takes her to her takes her to his castle, and then Robin has to has to cap recapture her. Um, but yeah, there's so many different stories of Robin Hood, and Robin Hood himself is um, such a uh, anyone now can write a story and 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 put it put it along the Robin Hood, uh, set it in the Robin Hood story, you know, and write any write any any story, you know. There's anyone is at license to do that, and there's so many stories. I mean, uh, another one is um, Rob Roy McGregor. Apparently, a lot of the uh, the feats and the deeds of Rob Roy McGregor uh, from Scotland. They've they've incorporated them, and people will tell tell those those stories. So Robin Hood is the is the hero of those stories. So there may have been so many people in um, in in these Middle Ages who were outlaws and did brave and courageous deeds against oppressive rulers, and a lot of those stories are retained and kept and preserved you know as as the stories of robin hood um but what, what what we're proposing is that these are over being overlaid overlaid on an earlier story um of uh <clears throat> of of the of the the pastime the lord the story of lord ram and yeah i was watching um i'm just going to check this next slide what's on there no wrong way this one yeah, I watched a, a documentary, Tony Robinson, and he was trying to, you know, get get down to the nitty gritty. Is was there a real Robin Hood? You know, who was he? You know, did he live in Barn? Was he from Barnsley or where is he from? And you know, there's the um, isn't there? There's, there's a reputedly his grave at Kirkley's Abbey, and uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of pastime places, isn't there? Uh, in Sherwood Forest, the Great Oak. Um, and uh, lots of other local connections with with uh, whoever was supposedly um, the real Robin Hood. So yeah, I've got this. Uh, can the real Robin Hood please stand up? So we're saying the original, the original uh, to which other other stories and tales may have become attached. The real Robin Hood was this 
And then we've got these two bronze statues. This one is in the courtyard of Nottingham Castle, I believe. And then this other one is a small kind of deity, like kind of that you would put in a temple and, and, and a Hindu person would, would worship this statue, um, worshiped by, um, yeah, but they offer, offer a plate of food. They uh, offer incense to the, to the statue. This is how this is the form that the worship takes. Um, so we want to connect. We want to, yeah, we want to connect. We want to connect um, the stories of Robin Hood to an earlier, an earlier time, um, prior to you know what is usually told as the context and the the, the time the time frame of Robin Hood. So Robin Hood is um you know deemed to have exist existed and lived in the reign of richard the first richard the lionheart when he was away on the crusades and his brother who seemingly wasn't such a nice guy prince john he took over and uh yeah and then you've got this 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 conflict between the the norman overlords and the you know i, I mean I, before i said they're celts but supposedly you know this previous um previous uh population anglo-saxon or, or celtish um they've got that conflict as well robin hood uh, stories of placing in, in, in there's another conflict going on which is a, a kind of corrupt church and sometimes they'll um They'll capture a uh, was yeah. There's one story where they capture uh, a rich priest who's traveling through. He lies about how much money he got, and so they take his money because he lied. Um, but yeah, the, a very wealth a time of a very wealthy church and a, a very impoverished people. So inequality um, addressing addressing inequality. But we want to we want to take the, the pastime of the story of Robin Hood and, and put it and put it earlier before the reign of Richard the First and say that um, this main plot this main plot of um, uh, a noble a nobleman exiled to the forest his uh, his wife is captured by an evil king and then Robin has to recruit an army. From the forest, is it is it the merry men? Is it the the monkey soldiers of which Hanuman, the the monkey god, is the leader? And then they attack the castle. He, he regains, he regains his wife, and uh, and lives happily ever after. Um, this is the plot, the main plot, and 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 the and the, the the same plot is 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 runs through the Ramayana and it runs through, um, the story of Robin Hood. But as well, we've got, we've got um, this, we've got this, this uh, Greek, uh, Celtic god, ancient god, the Green Man, and this, this, this picture here is, is from um, one town in England. I'm not sure exactly which town, but they enact this pastime uh, at the May Day celebrations, the Beltane celebrations. Have we got another? There's another uh, here, May Day. We've got this May Day celebrations, which is is uh, May Day is the same as Beltane, which is the ancient Celtic festival, and and so according to this, um, 
you could say lost in the mists of time, but this, this, there's this um, idea that the, the green man, he's he's born or he's he comes alive uh, at the at the in in the in the spring in this Beltane festival, and then he dies at the end of the year at uh, the Halloween festival. Then he's reborn again. We got this idea of birth uh, and and death and then rebirth, which I I, I find very uh, very interesting. Um, and it's the same with um, the sun god Mithras. The 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 Romans worshipped Mithras, and he's he's a god who who dies. Like when the sun goes down at night, the sun god dies, and then it's night time, and then in the morning the sun god is reborn again. That's how people understood the sun. He dies, he's reborn, and then from some historians argue that 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 motif of death and rebirth is where jesus the, the story of jesus's resurrection is comes from there that's a uh you know people can make their own mind up about that but again similarly with the green man you've got a similar thing of him being born in beltane and six months later uh, um Samhain or um all all hallows eve it's called or halloween then he's uh he dies uh, anyway, I think I'm. I don't want to get too. Don't want to get too sidetracked. We're talking about. We're talking about the origins of Robin Hood. Creeper Moyer. He asked me what. What. What is the. You know. He questioned the plot of Robin Hood. Is. Because, uh, like we said, there's so many different stories of Robin Hood. But we're going back to, going back to this original, original story. Um, we've got. Uh, the th the problem the problem with the Robin Hood story is that it's it's an oral history it's an oral history um, um, this this is this is a, a document um, from apparently from the 13th or 14th century so this is some of the earliest writings of Robin Hood but yeah one thing that ties the two things together for me is that um, we can see that this these these pastimes of, of Robin Hood are enacted every year in still in in a lot of towns it's a it's a tradition that's dying out sadly but the same thing goes on in india it's like how do they preserve their understanding and knowledge of this ramayana it, it, it isn't through it isn't through um literature it's through <clears throat> uh, drama um i mean literacy rates in india i'm not sure what they are they're not as high as they are in 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 europe but everybody knows the Ramayan, and the, the the apparently the grandmothers, the grandmothers tell the story of the Ramayan as they've heard it from their um, grandparents, and, and so it passes on. It's an oral history. Ramayan is an oral history. Okay, it's it's written down now. I mean, I've I've, I've got the book, but um, it's preserved in India as an oral history and and as a drama. So it, um, particularly at the same similar time of year. Um, the 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 part the story of the Ramayana is enacted in 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 a lot of Indian villages, um, and and the same with Robin Hood. It's it's an oral history. Um, it's you know it's not written down um, until very late. You know I mean I I, I uh, researched that there was one one storybook of Robin Hood written down in eighteen eighty three, and it's only really actually in in the last. You could say. No, it's it's kind of like it's only really 
existed as we understand it now in a film and in, in written form in the, la in the last 50 years. And, there's, and people can, can dispute it and, and say, you know, have people just invented it or where does it come from? And um, they can't trace its origins. It's very difficult to trace its origins. Um, but um, yeah, we've got, we've got this. Um, okay, we've got this little piece of evidence of it existing older and then and, and then as Kripamori asks you know what is the plot what is the plot of these older um stories you know okay I'm trying I'm trying to correlate the two I'm trying to correlate the main characters and I'm trying to correlate the plots so let's just read this this is from Wikipedia and this is actually the the oldest ver written version I could find because that's what Kripamori asked for he asked for the the old what is the oldest version of the Robin Hood story you can find and does it correspond to this um, same plot as the Romain? It is from association with the May games that Robin's romantic attachment to Maid Marian apparently stems. A Robin and Marian characters figured in 13th century French pastoral of which Je de Robin et Marian, excuse me, I don't speak French, uh, circa 1280. So this is the earliest written evidence we have of a Robin Hood and Maid Marian um, story existing and presiding over the French May festivities. So apparently these, yeah, these May Day festivities were all across Europe. And um, and even in even in in, in uh, the UK, we are apparently we're very lucky to still have them preserved um, in in some places because uh, when we when there's been um, you could say fanatical Christian people in charge of government, then they have actually wiped them out, put an end to them as best they could. And, uh, and then, but then other kings have re resurrected them. So um, yeah, apparently Oliver Cromwell and his, his crew didn't like them. Puritanical, they put a stop to them. There were some riots. And then when this, um, one of these Charleses, when he was restored to the throne, he, he, he said, no, you can carry on having your, having your festivals, having your party and having your fun. And he allowed these um, <clears throat> May Day festivals to continue. So yeah, we're lucky to have, have, have them, still have them. Although, the, I mean, yeah, where I grew up in Leyland, there was a field. Um, we, and I, when I was a kid, I walked there with a neighbor, we were walking the dog and uh, there was a, a tall, old, it was going rusty maple. I was like, what's that? She said, oh, that, she said, that's like the May the old uh, maypole and it was the grass was all overgrown and you could you could see that nobody had celebrated the festival there for i don't know at that time for some years but and then later that field was built on they built houses on it and so that was seemed to be the end of all may day celebrations done dusted um, dead and buried uh, in leyland no more no more may day this uh, this Robin and Marion tended to preside in the intervals, yeah, yeah, in, in the attempted seduction of the latter by a series of knights over a variety of rustic pastimes. Uh, in the Jude Robin, Robin and his companions have re have to rescue Marion from the clutches of a lustful knight. So, so this this is my evidence for the um, correlating plot uh, of this original Robin Hood story, which correlates to the plot of the Romain, which is the same of a lustful king capturing Marion and then Robin having to fight to get her back. Um, 
as 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 compared and contrasted with all of the other stories attached to Robin Hood. So yeah, that's that's an important piece of evidence for me to support my theory. Um, so yeah, we've got the May Day festivities um, enacting these um, ancient stories and the plot of um, the oldest Robin Hood written written story written down correlating with the Ramayan and how yeah how um <clears throat> how um the story of Robin um yeah uh, all, all these other stories have been overlaid over the original um set, central plot there um and yeah i i've got a i've read a book uh Satcharaj, he's is his harry krishna name his normal name is stephen j rosen he he has a book called the hidden glory of india it's a lovely book and i was reading that book and, and it's got a section about the Ryan. it's got it's a really lovely book uh, colorful uh pictures everywhere and explaining all the different ideas in hinduism and uh, there's a page there about the Ramayana. It's got one page about the Ramayana, then it's got the next page that says Ramayan retellings. And um <clears throat> and uh, in the Ramayan retellings, uh it explains that there's lots of different versions of the Ramayan um told in all the different countries of Southeast Asia. So each region have it has its own version. Uh it's very popular, very, very popular down there. So we've got Thailand, Cambodia. Laos, um, Vietnam, Malaysia, Hindu Hinduism, as as we know it, it, it extends all the way as far as as far as um, Bali, the island of Bali, as far as I can see. That's as far as it goes down, stretching in a south easterly direction from India. You know, uh, of course, Burma as well, Myanmar. All, all, so all of these, all, this whole region was um, um, really kind of. Um, imbibed imbibed the Ramayan story but and they each have the different own version of it and and so similarly when I read that again I was like yeah okay they've all got their own version and um and we have our own version as well in 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 the Robin Hood story and and actually um I, I was wanting to put these slides in earlier when I was talking about Mesopotamia um I want to talk about the kingdom of Kush so uh, there was uh, one Swami. I don't know when he, ex yeah, uh, exactly when he visited Africa. Swami Krishnanand. I think he's from the Divine Life Mission or the Divine Life Church. A Hindu man, and he he was he was a uh, leader of that. I think a popular popular Hindu group, and he was visiting Haile Selassie, the king or emperor of Ethiopia or Abyssinia. And he presented him with a copy of the Ramayana, uh, thinking that this would be something new for um, Haile Selassie, King Haile Selassie. Uh, but apparently Haile Selassie's uh, response was, oh, we, you know, we, are, we, we already know all about this. We, because, because we are Hushites. Um, 
and 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 so he 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 you know his point of view is that yeah you know we we we're, we're already familiar with the with the the Ramayan in Africa. There's the Kingdom of Kush. So if you if you look it up, um, you've got the Kingdom of Kush, Sudan, Egypt area. I mean, Haile Selassie's Ethiopian, so stretching all the way down to Ethiopia as well. And actually, um, in old old these apparently old olden times, then Africa was known as Kushadweep, the island of Kush. So um, Lord Ram had two sons, Lav and Kush, and Kush established his kingdom in East Africa, possibly most of Africa. Um, so as a, that, and so there's another, you know, so, so there's a, there's other versions of the remaining also as well as Southeast Asia in Africa too, and I'm saying in Europe as well. Um, that's the, my that's my proposal. Um, uh, one critique uh, which could be leveled is that. Um, it's just you know you could reduce reduce the the, the this Ramayan tale to um, to what what Jung would refer to an archetype um, a, com a common a common theme throughout myths and legends uh, you know that of a, um, a a recurring a recurring motif of um, an archetype uh, a a um, you know, a, a damsel, a princess, a damsel in distress is captured by a dragon, taken to a tower, a knight in shining army, armor, a knight, a knight in shining armor comes to rescue her, kills the dragon, and saves the princess. Um, and Jung uh, identifies these, this, and other recurring themes in legends throughout the world and, and reduces them to um, a kind of some kind of yeah psychological prototype you know even explain you would even argue that we, we you know we, we we experience these same um the same plot in 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 dream and in legend and therefore um and on, on, on that basis, one could argue that you know maybe there is no maybe there is no connection because um, it could you know it could just I don't know I'm not sure exactly um, yeah maybe there's no connection uh, down, yeah the similar plot similar plot is 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 well could it be due to a cycle some cycle cycle lot deep deeply deeply um imbibes psychological condition i'm not i'm not exactly sure i'm not exactly sure what i'm saying on this point either <laughs> i don't know what i'm saying um we've got this slide here robin hood robin hood and prince ram so um yeah so another another thing i want to throw in there is that uh, i joined when I, I lived in edinburgh for a while and I, whilst i was there i joined a story, uh, like a kind of a guild of storytellers. I joined a, a club. They would meet above the Waverley pub, just off the Royal Mile, and uh, upstairs. And uh, we'd go up there, and, and people would tell stories. A lot of them were they would pop to work in schools, and and they were professional storytellers. They were really good at stories. And I went there to listen to listen and uh, to 
Yeah, I mean, I, I want I wanted to understand the basics of of of, um, of story and reduce it to its basics of drama, reduce it to its its most you know the lowest common denominator, its minimal ingredients. We can we can you know embellish a story on film with great drama and special effects, etc. But if the actual story and the ability of the storyteller, um, the director, and the and the, the the story itself, and um, you know the the characters and the character development. You know these are the these are the 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 components, the elements. That, that, and if these are, if these are good, then a story is, is is entertaining. Even if it's just one person just telling you the story, you don't need to embellish it with all the other things that we get on a, on a for example in a, in a, on the cinema. Or, or even in a theatre. Um, yeah, I, I went, went. We once went to see Macbeth, and uh, on it was on the show at the Worden Hall Art Centre in Leyland, and it was amazing, amazing. The, the person came in, they had blood in their hands. It was like ah, I've just killed somebody. It was as though they really just had just killed somebody. It was so it was like watching a cinema, like watching a film, but having like live three D action you know and the um so um yeah i i i went to the storytelling club to understand the, the the basic components and how we have to have a grasp of how to how to make those good to um um in order to be able to um, present make a good make a good story but what i learned from there was how people um you know retell the stories that they hear and they change them, and they and they make them their own. They they present their own understanding and their own their own personality comes out through the story, um, which brings it alive. And um, and so, you know, if somebody hears a story of something that happened, you know, on the other side of the world, and they and they and they come and they tell the story to their local people, then the people are gonna not gonna relate to the main character. So they're gonna they're, they're gonna if someone's a storyteller they're gonna change change the details they're gonna change the location from the Dandakaranya forest in India to Sherwood Forest they're gonna change the name from Ram an unfamiliar name to Robin um, but there's so many other things that perpetuate that still associate the two that uh, that's evidence for me of the connection. Um, despite the the differences, which I I, I argue are um, the uh, the poetic license and the um, you know the um, you know making it relevant, the, the storyteller making it relevant. Yeah, the famous for fighting with a bow and arrow. Both the exiled sons of noblemen, the Earl of Locksley, is Robin's father re reputedly, um, and Prince Ram's father. Uh, was he called Dasarath? Dasarath, uh, which means ten chariots. He was as powerful as ten chariots, I think. He was a king, so he was a prince, Prince Ram. And then we're connecting uh, uh, Lord, uh, Prince Ram, Sri Ram, with this earlier god, which pre which predates, you know, the twelfth um, century. The green man going back to ancient times, pre-Christian, pre-Christian God, uh, similarities, um, 
yeah, green, green complexion. How many green people have you seen, uh, you know, walking, walking around in the supermarket? Not many. <laughs> That's uh, if I was a policeman, you know, we're looking for a green. The suspect has got green skin, so we would we would be able to identify them as the same person. Although there may have been more other pe green people walking about back in those days, who knows? Living in the forest, powerful god, ancient tradition. Swipe the right, see so we can swipe the right way to get the next slide. Ah, no, I'm not able to swipe. What's going on? May Day. May Day celebrations, these earlier gods. I, um, yeah, I actually just... Um, found one of these Harappan tiles, which has has a, a depiction very, very similar to this. This is the Gundestrup cauldron. Um, found in Denmark, a Celtic cauldron. And then uh, there's the, uh, a tile, a Harappan tile with a similar figure in lotus position, horns on the head with like four animals around from from the Harappan civilization. So that's another connection between East and West. So here we've got some pictures there. Look, so yeah, is, is Robin Hood, is he, is he um, the green man? Is he saying, well, yeah, he's, he's very much connected. Very, very much connected. The green man is a symbol of pre-Christian pre in his origins. We want, we want to, just read this bit on the side here. Um, the green man is intimately associated with Robin of the Wood. The green man is intimately associated with Robin of the Wood. The green knight, um, the May King, or the Summer Lord. And with, um, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to pronounce that, Senunus, Chenunus, the Celtic God of the Forest. So, um, yeah, in Scotland, they have this big Beltane festival um, on Carlton Hill in Edinburgh. And I've, uh, I'm again, connecting Green Man and the May Queen with Robin and Marion. I've got the coordinated the colours here to make a connection there. And then similarly here again, there's another poster from another year advertising the Beltane festival. And I've got the colours going. Yeah, that one was uh, the previous one, wasn't it? Who was it? That chap, what's he called? Errol Errol Flynn. I don't know her name. And then this is uh, Richard Prayard playing in the Robin of Sherwood, and then got the colours coordinated to draw the parallel there between Robin Hood and Maid Marian and uh, the Green Man and the May Queen. <clears throat> and this is uh, some uh, drama dramatization of um, the Green Man and the May Queen here. Uh, uh, some um, Somewhere in the in the British Isles, I'm not sure where. I know they do this thing in England in places. I, I suspect they probably, there's probably, it's probably going on in, in, in other countries as well, Wales, Scotland, Ireland. Um, but yeah, this Bel the Beltane, the Beltane Festival, it's, it, they have it at night time. And they have a big fire and, and, and um, people run around. They take their clothes off and they run around naked. Uh, whereas this, this, this celebration is a more child-friendly affair, uh, more civilized 
enactment, the May Queen. In some pagan belief systems, the May Queen is the goddess of the flowers and the young blushing bride and the princess of the fairies. She is Lady, Lady Marion in Robin Hood. That's, that's what I want to draw the attention to. And she is the embodiment of the maiden of Mother Earth in all her fertile glory. Patty Wigington wrote that. I'm not exactly sure who she is, but she seems to be some kind of authority on the subject. And yeah, we want to draw, the, draw, draw this parallel now between, we, we've drawn the parallel between the identity of Robin, of the Green Man and, and Prince Ram. And then now we're drawing the parallel between the identity of um, Maid Marian, the May Queen, and Sita. Ma, Ma, so she's also, you know, in this one it says uh, Mother Earth in all her fertile glory. So here we, we, we hear about the origin of Mother Sita. From the remind, Maharaja Janak then related another story. Once upon a time, as I was leveling the sacrificial arena with a golden plow, much to my astonishment, astonishment, I happened to uncover a baby girl. I named her Sita, which means furrow, and raised her as my own from the Ramayana the Balakan. So here he is. He's going to perform a religious ceremony here. Before he does a religious ceremony, he has to make it flat. So he plows it with a golden plow and, in, and out, of, out of the earth comes a baby girl. So we're drawing the parallel. Let's go to the next slide if I can. Oh, here we go. Good, yeah. Next. So we've got this slide. So we've got Beltane down here in this corner. Move my head. Beltane made the first. Um, this is the pagan wheel of the year, the cycle of festivals. So what's this is this is a um, complementary evidence. Beltane is here on May the first, and this is celebrated as uh, the union of the May Queen and the Green Man. Now the in Hinduism, and uh, these are the festivals I've attended since I converted to Hinduism fifteen years ago. We have a festival usually two weeks before Beltane, which is the festival celebrating the appearance of Ram, Lord Ram. And then two weeks after Beltane, we have a festival celebrating the appearance of Sita. So for me, this is, this is you know, you bring the two together, you know, two weeks before, two weeks after. It always shifts slightly because uh, the Hindu calendar is done according to the moon, whereas the uh, Western calendar and this pagan wheel of the year is done according to the sun. So it always shifts slightly. And then, yeah, and then six months after that, we've got... Um, six months after Beltane, we've got Guy Fawkes Night. Samhain, as it's called um, in Celtic. Historians have often suggested... And, and of course, this is, you know, Samhain, Halloween uh, and Guy Fawkes Night all around the same period. Um, and also, incidentally, um, Remembrance Sunday. Uh, so it is a time of 
a, 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 a week or so, which, you know, uh, people will say, uh, some people will say, um, it's a time when um, the this gap between the living and the dead, the veil is thinner, and it's a time for you know, remembering the dead, honouring the dead. Um, yeah, it's interesting, interesting. Historians have often suggested that Guy Fawkes Day served as a Protestant replacement for the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. It basically is a continuation. It's a continuation. Um, some, maybe, yeah, maybe some Puritanical Christians may have tried to stop it, but it's, it's, it's so ingrained in the culture that uh, pre-Christian um, festival, these nights of revelry date back much further in history than Guy Fawkes, and it was much later that the existing pagan traditions were appropriated for Christian and political aims. So yeah, talking about political aims, Guy Fawkes. So yeah, what was the when was the um, when was the gunpowder plot? Was it 1606, uh, 1604, something like that? Um, Guy, it's called Guy Fawkes Night. They make an effigy of Guy Fawkes, but um, and, and burn him, you know, because he was supposedly the bad guy. The bad guy who um, <clears throat> tried to um, tried to blow up the House of Parliament. I can't remember. Was he was he was he a Catholic guy? I can't remember. Yeah, I think he was a Catholic guy, and there was a Protestant Parliament, so he wanted to blow it up. So uh, that happened in 1606. But it's pretty obvious the festival has been going on for a long, long time. It's pre-Christian, so it predates Gunpowder Plot, predates Guy Fawkes, and uh, yeah, I even read on uh, Wikipedia that um, in America they were having some kind of bonfire night and they would put whatever effigy of the, basically just a, an effigy representing the personification of evil. So they would, you would put some politician they didn't like on there and say, oh, it's, you know, it's Donald Trump or something on the, on the, on the bonfire or, or, or even like the other one, it's Darth Vader. You know, you could get a Darth Vader hat, personification of evil. So it's, this is what the vessel represents. It's a personification of evil. So I've, I've, I've actually deliberately um, switched those names there <clears throat> because I see the same festival going on. And, and what, what also is interesting is that I don't see the this same festival being enacted in other parts of Europe. Um, I was in Sweden, um, living there when I was 18. They had something called St. Wal Wal Walpurgis, Walpurgis night, St. Walberg's night with a bonfire. It was a different time of year. And didn't really correlate. They didn't have an effigy on top. But yeah, th th this 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 one for me is, um, is 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 big evidence of some kind of correlation uh, in cult cultural correlation um, between the British Isles and India. And one one year, I was um, I was um, sent on pilgrimage by the monastery to visit India. And it was about the time of the end of October. And there's a particular time of year, uh, ho a holy month of the year in uh, Hinduism, uh, the Kartik month, it's called. People light do a little lamp every day. And so um, a lot of people go on pilgrimage at that time. So I was, I was imagine me, you know, I'm, I'm on, I'm, uh, I'm in the, I'm in the UK. It's the time of uh, Guy Fawkes, and uh, I may have attended. I may have attended a, a bonfire night, and then I get on the plane the next day. I arrive in India 
we get off the plane in Delhi, we get a taxi through to uh, Vrindavan, uh, a town, a holy town, and uh, and then we get off, we get out of the taxi, unpack our bags, and we think, okay, let's go out, and we go out, we go out to the um, the, uh, the the cow farm, the cow farm uh, in in Vrindavan, run by monks of the same order that we belong to. We go out to the cow farm. And then next to the cow farm, there's a football pitch where the kids can play football. And on the football pitch is 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 this Dushara Dushara festival. And and I I'm, I'm like you know I, I you know you could say I take a I take I take I have to look twice. Oh my God, this is exactly the same ritual that we've just had in 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 uh, in the UK. Exactly the same a bonfire, uh, burning an effigy you know, uh, proof for me that there is this ancient cultural cultural connection. And the, the effigy they're burning in, in the Dushara festival is Ravan, the evil king of the Ramayan saga. Um, that, that's who they're burning there. Uh, so you, we, you could, I could argue that the... Um, this this fe the festival of Guy Fawkes Night Bonfire Night as we know it in the UK dates back to somehow the influence of um, influence of uh, this Ramayan retelling in the UK or 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 otherwise you know the travelling of of peoples from India to populate um, to populate the UK in ancient times one one theory or the other. But we, uh, yeah, I tried to um, edit Wikipedia to include uh, in the entry for Guy Fawkes Night. It, it says at the end, and it is similar in many ways to um, Diwali. Diwali. Diwali is a more well-known Hindu festival with fireworks and things. So, so it's easy, you know, it's easy to it's also at a similar time of year. Now, Dushara, um takes place i think it's usually two or three weeks uh i think before diwali every year um so i i tried to i tried to say in the wikipedia well actually it's more similar to the guy fawkes night it's more similar to dushara well in fact it's practically exactly the same it's a replica of the same the same event the same ritual um, but anyway i couldn't i couldn't figure out to any wikipedia but I'm, i can still i'll still try i'll still try because um, you know, I, I want I want people to um, present this theory to people, and people can respond and um, see what they make of it. Um, Guy Fawkes Night. Okay, now we're going backwards. Uh, okay, so we've got a breakdown of the similar plot. Um, Protagonist, born son of a nobleman, meets his wife, exiled to the forest, life in the forest, wife kidnapped, taken to his castle. Searching for the wife, the protagonist meets leader of a group in a forest, not usually considered to be warriors, and warriors and enlists their help in uncover of his wife. They uh, continue searching for the missing wife together. The wife is located in the antagonist's castle. They cross the moat, besiege the castle, have a battle, kill the evil king, and return home. So now we're going to. So this is. Um, a Indian painting of um, him getting getting exiled 
I would like to have pictures of all of these different points, key points in the plot, but I don't. So um, anyway, yeah, he's born. Uh, so, uh, Robin is the son of Lox, Earl of Loxley. Um, somehow he meets Maid Marion here. So here they are, they're getting exiled, exiled to the forest, going away. Here they are, they're going into the jungle, into the Indian jungle to live. They've been exiled. Uh, um, yeah, supposedly Robin, he may go. Can he, he may go there by choice to the forest, um, or kind of pretty much forced into it because for whatever whatever reason, it's depicted in different um, stories. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just remembering uh, the uh, Kevin Costner how it happens. Um, you know, maybe his house his house is destroyed. In that, in that one, is Brian Blessed. Is it Brian Blessed who plays his father? And um, there's a kind of a kook, in, in, yeah, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, a kind of a Ku Klux Klan um, group arrive at his dad's castle and they kill his dad. So then Robin realizes he can't go back. He has to go to go to the forest. So there's different reasons presented. Is it, that's a de I consider that a detail of why he has to go to the forest. Um, and in the Ramayana, it's because, well, it's quite complicated um, to explain, but his, his, his dad has three wives and one of his wives becomes um, persuaded by her servant that her, her son should be the king. She's maybe the second wife, not the first wife. So, and, and, and her son's not the eldest son. So in that way, she, she, she says, he persuade, the servant persuades the, the like the second queen to use a, a special favor that the king granted her years before to at re request that Pr Prince Ram should shouldn't become the king her son should become king and Prince Ram has to go and live in the forest instead so yeah this is equivalent as well the the, the, the forest um, we have the Sherwood Forest Dandakarani Forest so some pictures that look similar, life in the forest, Ram and Sita, Robin and Marion, um, pastimes in the forest, um, quite different in the both cultures. Um, you know, the stories of Robin are that he would hunt the king's deer and feast on uh, venison with the merry men. But in, in the Ramayana, it's different insofar as they go to the forest and they live like the other people who are living there already. And the other people living there already are, are like aesthetic monks. And so they, they, they adopt the lifestyle of the aesthetics, which isn't as opulent as, as Robin's, Robin's time in the forest, drinking wine, eating meat. Um, Hinduism pretty much is vegetarian anyway, but he, he, he lives a life of austerity in the forest. And there's, 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 a, there's lessons and there's teachings in that as well. Um, the sim, the, you know, the the glories of the simple life, uh, and even though he was a king, he, he's he's willing to undergo the austerities um, just to kind of you know honor his father's promise. Um, so we've got an equivalent character here. We've got Ram's brother Lakshman um, and Robin's brother Will Scarlet, or his, at least his brother in arms. I don't know if he's exactly the same mother, but he's he's he's, he's definitely his first and 
first and most important companion actually as well you know he's always we're always depicted together with Robin is always depicted, you know, together with his, his, his with little John, with the main, his, the other main characters, little John, main Marion, um, Will Scarlet. And, uh, one one critic you could say is, um, well, what about what about um, Friar Tuck? Where's Friar Tuck? In in the Ramayan, um, there is no Christian priest in this ancient Hindu epic, and I would argue that, like we've said before, storytellers retelling it reinventing it i mean even um even we, we now know in in uh well in 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 um <clears throat> robin hood prince of thieves we have morgan freeman playing the role of um a moor uh who who he's supposedly met in the crusades and that that character was the first time we had um uh a moor uh or a saracen or someone from the middle east in as a character in the Robin Hood saga, the first time that actually appeared was in the Robin of Sherwood BBC TV series. Was it BBC or ITV? I don't know. It was on that series, and they they put a character in there, and that was the first time that any that character had, had appeared in, in in Robin Hood stories. And and uh, you can read about this on on Wikipedia, and they say that they they put that in there for good 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 race relations in in a, in a multicultural Britain. So they had a. That's why they they incorporated that character, and then that character appeared again in Prince of Thieves. But prior to that, that character didn't exist, and you don't find that in any earlier versions of Robin Hood. That character doesn't doesn't exist. It's a poetic license. Um, so similar, I say I say uh, Fry Tuck is also a poetic license. You know, you 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 bring in this story's been told. Um, you know, since the Middle Ages, and. Um, you know, it's a Christian country. We want to incorporate a, a good, likable Christian character amongst this. What is what? 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 I mean, what you've got to say is the, is the most popular English folk tale. Um, yeah, wrong way. The plot goes: the wife is kidnapped. This is a scene from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. This is um, a drawing of. The evil King Raven capturing Sita in the forest. They, they all in Prince of Thieves. They also cap. I think they capture her from the forest. No, they capture her from her house, and they um, attack the the encampment in the forest. The evil King, Sheriff of Nottingham, he's slightly more uh, monster-like in the Ramayan story. Got ten heads apparently. But uh, yeah, shot shot by Lord Ram. So after the after after the uh, the wife is kidnapped by the evil king, then um, Lord Ram begins searching. Don't know where she's gone. He gets back to his hut. She's not there anymore. And um, there's a story. The, the story there is a, um, a wizard transformed himself into a golden deer, and the deer was seen near the hut. And Sita said, "I'll oh, get. I'd like to, you know, ca capture that deer and keep keep the deer as a pet." So he tried to go, but he was a the, he was a wizard working in conjunction with with um, Raven. And uh, when once Ram was away, and Lakshman went after him to try and help him, then she, Sita was alone. And then Raven moves in and uh, kidnaps her. <clears throat> so then, so then um, Lord Ram has to. Uh, begin the search and on his search 
he meets with Hanuman, who is the leader of the monkey army. And similarly, Robin meets with Little John, who is a leader of a band of outlaws who are living in the forest. And there's a, di there's a difference. There's the same character, corresponding character, but there's a difference in two stories in how they meet. Uh, according to Robin Hood, they meet on a bridge over a river and they have a fight with sticks. And eventually, uh, so Ro little Johnny challenges him and he fight, they fight each other and Robin beats him and then he submits. But in, in the Remind story, then they say that Hanuman is um, overawed by, just by Lord Ram's beauty and his kind of, disposition and his countenance is just as regal you can see his regality and, and Hanuman just submits straight away there he is I love I love this picture I really love this picture I've got it on my wall at home so the next slide so yeah the corresponding characters Hanuman as the leader of the merry men and the army in the forest the uh the Merry Men or the Monkey Warriors. Evil King's Wicked Henchman, Guy of Gisborne is a, quite a key figure in, um, in, in the Robin Hood stories. And an equivalent character would be Indrajit, which is uh, Robin's son, who's a, a good warrior. These two pictures show a similar dress of, uh, you know, they, they dress once she's kidnapped, he dresses her up because he wants to, wants her to be his kind of queen. But she's he's he doesn't want to. She's she, he's, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> loyal to her husband. Tony Robinson there. This was when I was a kid. That was on TV. So there's a crossing the moat. This is a very famous pastime of Ram when they build a bridge to Sri Lanka. In uh, the English version, then um, it's a castle with a moat. So it's not as big, but it's still they have to cross it. And that's that's from the Disney version of them. Robin's swimming across there with a snorkel, a, a, a bulrush made into a snorkel. And here's, here's, here's these two showing the, the attack on the castle. Ram. Castle in the background there, Ram firing an arrow into Ravana's heart. And here is Robin about to attack Nottingham Castle, where Maid Marion is held captive. So the, the battle ensues. The, uh, the evil king is killed. There's a ten-headed Ravan. And he wins his wife back. Wins his wife back like the green man. So the divine couple of Robin Hood and Maid Marian, Sita and Ram, green associated with the color green. And then, and then this is two other uh, symmetrical items of the plot. The return of the king in, in the Robin Hood story, at the end of the story, Richard the Lionheart returns. So the good king returns back to England from the um, Crusades. And that's, that's fantastic news for everybody because now things are going to be good again. There's a, a, an honourable monarch in charge. People bow down as is a custom. And so at the end of the remind, something similar happens, which is that, you know, having won his wife, he returns back to his, in, in Sri Lanka, which is off the coast of south of India. He returns back to his capital 
in the north of India, Ayodhya. And, and, and so similarly, the king returns, people bow down similarly, and everyone's happy that, you know, a good and honourable, just king will uh, preside again. And then, an, and then a final um, ceremony, which is actually, uh, he, he, I, I, I just remember the end of Star Wars where they have um, a, a ceremony and uh, having... They get they get medals, you know, and it's a kind of it's a it's a nice way to finish a kind of a, an epic tale, <clears throat> and and um, you could say well that's just you know it's a nice way to finish it. So is there actually a, you know does it does is it evidence of as a correlation? Well, that's up up to you to decide. But um, at the end of the Robin Hood story is it was a ceremony, some kind of it's a wedding ceremony, and and the king. Uh, King King Richard, he he marries Robin and made Marion. But in the Ryan, they're married much earlier. They're married um, uh, at, the, at the very beginning of the story. Um, and then uh, which which makes the you know the pain of the separation. They're married, you know, for a, a married girl to be kidnapped is 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 worse. Um, than if if Robin and Maine Marion aren't even married and she gets kidnapped, okay, he's in love with her. But um, anyway, he gets her back. He gets her back in the end. So that's good. So so, but the the uh, a similar ceremony to fin finish the the Ramayan saga is is uh, the coronation. So yeah, so we have the the, the Ram returning and then a, 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 the pomp and pomp and ceremony of the of the coronation so um yeah we've analyzed the plot we've analyzed the characters um we've tried to you know draw draw something of a connection with this the basically going into the mists of time of ancient ancient history uh of of um you know pre-christian pre-christian um pre-christian uh, religion in in the uk um we've talked a little bit about uh storytellers adapting adapting uh stories uh to make them relevant and more enjoyable and um relatable to local audiences and we've also talked about this 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 um migration of either whole peoples or of just uh, you know traveling minstrels new people carrying the news this this migration west from india um we've got the, the, the that that map produced in the book by the lady who worked for the bbc showing that and also we've got this you know the kingdom of kush we've got um mesopotamia we've got kingdom of kush we've got and then we've got um the Robin Hood story popping up in 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 uh, England. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, this is a, a chant that people chant. What do you think? What do you think? Is is it is it is it um, plausible? Is it plausible? And um, yeah, my 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 um, my take on it is that it it's. Um, it, it, it is a fact, but but actually that it's I don't I I don't consider it to be. Uh, other people may think, well, you know, it's so far fetched. I I I just yeah, it's true, but it, it's not it's not like a great it's not it's not a 
not a big deal. It's, 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 yeah, it's a fact. The, the, the Robin Hood, something as English as Robin Hood has its roots in this ancient Indian saga. And um, yeah, let's, you know, let's just, uh, let's just get on with things. You know, it's, it's, um, but um, yeah, I'd like, uh, I'd like more people to um, hear my theory um, and uh, respond. Uh, I'll try and send this video out to um, other historians and get some feedback and uh, take it from there. So thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to everybody. Hare Krishna. Stop recording.